Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you'll check out the website and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for today, including special guest Megan Rose. She is the CEO of a terrific organization. It's called Better Together. We'll find out about Better Together today. And then we'll also visit with Boo Mortensen, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife Linda will be joining us as well. It is May the 10th, and on this day in 1869, the presidents of the Union Pacific and Central Pacific Railroads met in Promontory, Utah, to drive a ceremonial last spike into a rail line that connected their railroads. This made the transcontinental railroad travel possible for the first time in U.S. history. No longer would western-bound travelers need to take the long and dangerous journey by wagon train. Since at least 1832, both eastern and frontier statesmen realized the need to connect the two coasts. It was not until 1853, though the Congress appropriated funds to survey several routes for the Transcontinental Railroad. The actual building of the railroad would have to wait even longer as north-south tensions prevented Congress from reaching an agreement on where the line should begin. One year into the Civil War, a Republican-controlled Congress passed the Pacific Railroad Act, guaranteeing public land grants and loans to two railroads to choose to build the Transcontinental Airline, <laughs> Transcontinental Line, the Union Pacific and Central Pacific. With ease in hand, the railroads began work in 1866 from Omaha and Sacramento, foraging a northern uh, route across the country. In their eagerness for land, the two lines built right past each other, and the final meeting place had to be renegotiated. It's typical. Harsh winters, staggering summer heat, and the lawless, rough-and-tumble conditions of newly settled western towns made conditions for the Union Pacific laborers, mainly Civil War veterans of Irish descent, made it miserable. The overwhelmingly immigrant Chinese workforce of the Central Pacific also had its fair share of problems, including brutal 12-hour workdays laying track over the Sierra Nevada mountains. They also received lower wages than their white counterparts. On more than one occasion, whole crews would be lost to avalanches or mishaps with explosives would leave several dead. For all the adversity they suffered, the Union Pacific and Central workers were able to finish the railroad, laying nearly 2,000 miles of track by 1869, ahead of schedule and under budget. Uh, Journeys that had taken months by wagon train or weeks by boat now took only days. Their work had an immediate impact. The years following the construction of the railway were years of rapid growth and expansion for the United States, due in large part to the speed and ease of travel that the railroad provided. Just think of that. How many years ago? That was uh, 1869. That was this wasn't that long ago. And now, look, the railroads are almost uh, out of style at this point because of how slow it is actually getting from place to place. And have, they have to be subsidized, of course, as well, but for the most part. Well, U.S. stocks fell sharply yesterday, pushing the S&P 500 below 4,000 for the first time in over a year as traders anticipated a new load of bad news on inflation and earnings. The Dow fell about 654 points, nearly 2%. S&P was down 3.2%, and the NASDAQ dropped 4.3%. 
At one point, the 10-year Treasury note hit 3.19%, its highest yield since 2018. The moves followed an incredibly volatile week on Wall Street and marks the fifth straight week of losses for the three major stock indexes. So uh, not, not in good shape right now, the markets. In fact, uh, futures are up nicely right now, but let's see if they sustain themselves over the course of the day. The Biden economy is failing. He has no idea where he's at. Last week, the markets dropped over 1,000 points on Friday. Today, uh, Yesterday, dropping more than 600 points. Inflation is at all-time or 40-year high, depending on how you look at it. Interest rates are rising, but will slow down the economy. The U.S. debt is over $30 trillion. Everywhere Biden turns his economy, it is a failure, in my opinion. <clears throat> don't know exactly what they plan on running on midterms. I don't think this uh, uh, Roe v. will pull it out, pull their fat out of the out of the fire. While rocketing inflation, cratering stocks, and persistent supply chain woes have the administration and public focused on day-to-day economic crisis, the nation's auditor has just issued a dire warning about the future. The federal government faces an unsustainable fiscal future. If policies don't change, debt will continue to grow faster than the economy, said the Government Accountability Office. Over 54 pages of the GAO's uh, annual deficit or federal audit called for major pullbacks to fix the fiscal health of the government and the economy. But if predictions included in the report are right, a bigger crash is coming due to nonstop growing debt now equal to America's gross domestic product by 2050. And absent a major and unlikely policy shift, the national debt will be more than doubled to 2017%. I'm sorry, 217% of GDP, uh, said the GEO, GAO. The federal government faces an unsustainable fiscal future. At the end of the fiscal year 2021, debt held by the public was about 100% of gross domestic product, a 33% increase from year 2019, 33% up a third in only a couple of years. Projections from the Office of Management Budget and Department of Treasury, the Congressional Budget Office, and GAO all show that current fiscal policy is unsustainable over the long term. Debt held uh, by the public is projected to reach its historical high of 106% of GDP within 10 years and continued to grow at an increasing pace. This ratio could reach 217% of GDP by 2050. Uh, so just totally unsustainable. I'll tell you what the solution is. Unfortunately, uh, if we have a continued inflation, say for another 10 years, we'll get bring down that uh, a ratio of debt to GDP to about 80 or 70 percent, which would be sustainable. But that would put uh, a lot of pain and put a lot of us through a lot of pain over the course of a decade with that kind of inflation. Uh, but that may be the only way out. Uh, we can, certainly can't uh, pay off the debt and reduce the debt by paying it down. We'll have to do it uh, with uh, inflated dollars inf- affected by inflation, in my opinion. Or after a weekend of raucous pro-abortion activists uh, descending on churches and homes of Supreme Court justices, the White House is finally condemning the behavior. A number of justices and their families have been relocated to undisclosed locations as a result of the threats. Last week, the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was specifically asked about the plans by activists to show up at justices' homes. She condoned and justified the behavior, saying people were passionate about the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. These activists posted a map with the homes' addresses of Supreme Court justices. Is this your kind of thing that president wants to help 
your side make this point, uh, Pasaki was asked. I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, a lot of sadness from many, many people across the country about what they saw in that leaked document, she responded. I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it, we want it, of course, to be peaceful. And certainly the president would want people's privacy to be respected. <clears throat> But I think we should, uh, shouldn't lose the point here. The reason people are protesting is because women across the country are worried about their fundamental rights that have been in law for 50 years. Their rights to make choices about their own bodies and their own health care are at risk. That's why people are protesting. They're unhappy. They're scared, she continued. The White House has repeatedly refused to condemn the leak of the draft of the Supreme Court opinion. So in other words, uh, it's against the law, actually, to try and uh, change the vote of uh, these justices by protesting and by any kind of activity. It could be a year in jail. So this is lawless behavior, number one. And number two, uh, Roe v. Wade does not protect in any way abortion. It's a, a state. Once, if Roe, Roe v. Wade goes away, it's a state's uh, rights issue, and states will make their own decisions about how the people want to handle the issue of abortion. So a lot of false flags here. A Georgia judge on Friday decided in favor of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, saying that she should be allowed to run for re-election over the objections of a group of voters in her district. State Administrative Law Judge Charles Berno wrote, uh, rejected the argument presented by the group of voters seeking to bar Greene from the ballot, saying that she had supported insurrection. According to state law, the judge's finding must be submitted to the Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who will make the final decision on whether to remove Green from the ballot. The group of voters had argued that Green's social media posts, text messages, and public statements showed support for attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, which they say broke a clause in the 14th Amendment that states insurrectionists cannot serve in Congress. Green and her attorney denied that she was in any way involved in the Capitol riot on January the 6th and said she didn't recall making any statements that could be seen as condoning or supporting the attack. Uh, Forbes reported that uh, Raffensperger made his decision. Green on her challenge. Her challenge will be able to appeal it in state court where the secretary's decision could be overruled. So uh, she will be able to run. That's the good news. Of course, she's very strong and very popular in Georgia. And this is how the sore losers are trying to handle the elections. They're trying to use legal means or any means necessary to keep popular Republicans uh, mega Republicans off the ballot. Well, Soros-backed Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon will not bring felony charges against the knife-wielding man who attacked comedian David Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl. Chappelle was attacked on stage Tuesday night during a performance at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles as at the Netflix joke, joke fest. A man rushed to the stage and lunged at him. In an effort to take him down, the attacker was armed with a replica handgun with a knife attached. Soros uh, DA will not pursue felony charges against the 23-year-old Isaiah Lee. After reviewing the evidence, prosecutors determined that while criminal conduct occurred, the evidence as presented did not constitute felony conduct. Can you believe that? The DA's office said in a statement, The district attorney's office does not prosecute misdemeanor crimes within the city of Los Angeles. A campaign to recall the election of George Soros-backed Los Angeles District, District Attorney George Cascone has gathered 400,000 signatures, according to reports. The signatures amount to over two-thirds of the number necessary to 
As public outrage against soaring crime continues to grow, the new petition effort is likely to succeed and is receiving greater attention thanks to the high-profile cases. Gascon ensured earlier this year that criminal who attacked a 10-year-old girl was sentenced to two years in juvenile detention. This guy is just bad news. There's others. Uh, Soros is backing uh, another district attorney in Arkansas with substantial money, and uh, people need to wake up and pay attention. Anything that he supports and anything that he's trying to promote is a bad news uh, for uh, the public. So uh, Gascon and others, they need to go. These uh, district attorneys that will not enforce the law. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Megan Rose, CEO of a terrific organization. It's called Better Together. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. 
and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Megan Rose. She is the founder and CEO of a terrific organization. It's called Better Together. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Oh, my pleasure, Megan. Tell us about Better Together. So Better Together is a privately funded nonprofit that's headquartered in Naples, Florida. Um, that is helping radically reduce the need of foster care and empowering people through economic opportunities. Um, so we have two programs. We have our Better Families program, which is preventing the need of foster care. And that program is all over the state of Florida and about 14 different counties. Um, and that program, we have volunteers that will open up their home short term um, and care for children while their parents work through a crisis. And this could be homelessness, addiction, mental health, or like a short-term hospitalization. Um, and these are volunteers. They're not paid. And they do this just out of the generosity of their heart. Um, and they'll open up their homes and care for these kids, walk alongside parents and support them. Um, and to date, we've been able to keep 3,400 children out of foster care through that program. Unbelievable. That is such a touching. I, I happen to read one of the stories of your success stories on your website. I want our listeners to go to bettertogetherus.org, bettertogetherus.org, and read under news and events, read the story about Megan and how she helped a family who had, had a car accident, moved down here and recently had a car accident, and they were able to keep the family together and keep things going. It's just such a touching story, Megan. So, what I, what I want our listeners to understand is kind of an abstract intellectual concept, but literally, you do help can't keep families together because if, if people get caught up in the foster care and uh, in, in government programs like that, it can, it can separate families for a long period of time. It gets jumbled up in all kinds of uh, bureaucracy. And essentially, you've got a program that just through a face-based organization are able to support families and not only uh, get them together more quickly after the crisis is over, but also provide some mentoring for the family. Yes, it's, you know, if you look at government foster care, government is really good at tearing families apart, but really struggle at putting families together. Um, and not only do these children go through trauma, um, it's difficult for the parents to get the support they need um, to be able to be reuni reunified with their children. And it costs taxpayers about $45,000 per child per year. And so what we're doing is creating this private preventative model that helps connect with families before it gets to the point where the government has to take these kids into foster care. And the result is children safe, saving taxpayers money and community a much better place. And that's a great example. We had a family that came down and they had a car accident. They ended up all in the hospital. They were registering their kids for school. They didn't have anybody to call from the hospital. And the alternative was all four of their children would have had to enter the state foster care system because the parents were unavailable um, and they had nobody to call. But we were able to connect them with volunteers. I was actually the host mom for two of the kids. Um, and as a result, we were able to keep the family together the kids went home, continued to mentor, support, um, and build a strong relationship with this family. 
So we're trying to create a world where everybody has somebody to call when they're in crisis. Uh, such a touching story. Really, really is, Megan. And uh, how many how many kids have you taken into your house or so? Um, 19 children. My goodness. Just And giving all those kids the, the love and direction that they need during this time of crisis, whether it's homelessness or a drug addiction or uh, whatever it might be, uh, getting until the family, losing a job, until they can get back on their feet. And uh, therefore, and not necessarily then getting tied to all all the bureaucracy. So it's just amazing. I'm sure our listeners uh, right now would say, "Well, hey, I'd like to be involved in that. How do you get involved? How can I? How could you participate?" We are so we are always looking for volunteers to help support us. Whether it's caring for a child in your home, uh, it could be job coaching. We have a jobs program that helps connect people to work and helps provide mentorship and support with resume building, um, building people's confidence um, and connecting them to employers. Um, Or maybe it's just donating diapers, formula. Um, These volunteers are not paid. Um, So anything the community can do to help support and wrap around these families uh, makes a big difference. And so you just go to our website um, and it shows all the different ways people can get involved. It's bettertogetherus.org. Um, and we would love to have more people support us in this journey. It really takes a village, and that's what we're building, a village. And families need help right now. There's so many families struggling with just post-pandemic, um, with isolation, with high inflation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a mess. But the great thing is the community can be the solution instead of the government. And that's what we're seeing every day is the community is stepping up and caring for their neighbors. Um, and it's really a beautiful thing, and it's always going to be more productive. Thank you, uh, Megan. And the, the other part of your program is so impressive as well, and that's the jobs program. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yes, our jobs program is really phenomenal. It's been in 24 different states. Um, so it's a national program that has helped over 38,000 job seekers find meaningful work. Um, and these are families that are have a household income under $25,000. Um, they have left the workforce or have been unemployed for longer than seven months. Um, they are on government welfare, SNAP, different benefits. Um, and a lot of them have criminal records. And what a lot of people don't realize is that if you have a criminal record, if you don't have child care, if you have gaps in your um, resume, it can make the um, job-seeking process incredibly difficult um, because it's all based on algorithms. And so it makes it difficult to get in front of a hiring manager. And we get a lot of people who have simply just given up because they've been rejected over and over. So we work with churches across the country um, to host job fairs that create hopeful opportunities where people can come as they are. They get connected to volunteers. They can get a haircut. They can get clothes. They can um, be encouraged. And then they can meet with hiring managers that are willing to hire on the spot. And that's what happens. 50% of the people who walk through the door get hired on the spot and 90% find work within six weeks. 
That is amazing. And I, I would attribute it a lot to the mentoring and the fact that they're making connection, to eat little things like how to make <laughs> eye contact, shaking hands, the things that can make a difference in a job interview when a lot of people are passing through. I mean, you provide all that support and more. Some people that have, they're literally out of the workforce and for a long period of time and feel like they have no hope and they're going in and they're finding work, giving them great opportunity and giving them dignity in their lives. Yeah, work is, work strengthens families. And we know firsthand that if somebody isn't working, um, they're more likely to struggle with mental health, addiction, abuse a child. Um, So there really is dignity that comes from work and work keeps families strong and keeps families together. And we just helped a, um, his name was Gavin. He was a new dad. And he was looking for work, and he was really struggling. He had been rejected over and over, so he simply started to give up. And someone invited him to a second-chance job fair, and he showed up, and he ended up getting hired on the spot. And the employer has been so grateful to have Gavin, and he just talks about how mentally he's in such a better place. Hmm. Um, He's excited to be working. Um, and this is someone who had left the workforce. I mean, he hadn't been working for months, and a lot of people might assume, like, these people are lazy, they don't want to work, but the truth is a lot of people want to work. They just don't have that opportunity. So to be able to match them to an employer, to match them to a volunteer that's going to support them, encourage them, help them with basic job skills, makes a significant difference, and that it made that difference for Gavin. Such an incredible story. Again, two great programs, and I encourage our listeners, uh, please do visit the website, bettertogetherus.org, bettertogetherus.org. Make a contribution, get involved. I mean, doing great things uh, for the community and getting great results at little cost, actually. So, Megan, I just genuinely appreciate your leadership in the community. I appreciate your taking time for our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. My pleasure indeed, Megan. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We're going to find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive confident retirement approach, 
You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratuscale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Bob Harden. Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000 square foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's under construction right now. And also bringing you currently a professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well, but I have to tell you, Bob, just when you think that things can't get any stranger, they do. <laughs> I am. It's just amazing to me. Okay, so this is what I'm taken aback by. You know, Target, the store Target. Sure. I love Target. Daddy Eddie, find everything, middle America, awesome store. They are now launching a line of gender-affirming products, clothing, which include chest binders. Those are undergarments that conceal breasts and packing underwear that conceal male genitalia. Why? <laughs> what is there really a market for this? I mean, are people going to buy this nonsense? I I I'm, I don't know. It says that the the store has partnered with these two other stores, Tomboy and Humankind. They are two queer-owned, female-founded brands to create these much-needed lines. Really? Yeah. Who says that? How many? How many are there out there? And do you know how hard it is to get a line of or a product into a store like Target? Yeah, I can... or like Walmart, and yet they're doing this. That's ama- jaw dropping to me. Well, I mean, like, the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. If they if they sell a lot of product, <laughs> if if they're able, if the show uh, the shelves get empty after a while, I guess it's a good decision. But to me, I'm just scratching my head. I can't imagine making money on that line of clothing. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, it doesn't, and it's not that I'm I'm anti-gay or anything like that. Right. It's just that I can't believe that they would dedicate the floor space, the shelf space. Right. To such a minuscule population. It's time to sell Target. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Anyway, yeah. it's, you know, life is just strange sometimes. Um, so that was one thing I wanted to discuss. The other one is, I don't know if you were aware, but last weekend was the Formula One race over in Miami. Yeah. And we had been watching the Drive to Survive on TV, which is all about it's all the backstories about the racers, the, the phenomenal money that goes into Formula One racing. 
where they go around the world. And I mean, it's nothing short of a miracle that they've opened up this track. It is fabulous. My son was there. You know, of course, there were lots of other soror- uh, um, celebrities that were there. The parties were over the top, hot, hot, hot in Miami. And um, just the way they televised it was awesome. So you watched you know, they it. Had these camp- oh, I was glued to it. Really? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a car person. I don't even care what I drive. Yeah. I would drive a Yugo. It doesn't make any difference. Well, you know, I, but, I I have to admit, and I'm I'm feeling a little embarrassed saying this, but I'm not sure I can describe to you a Formula One car. <laughs> it's, I know the stock car racing, but I, I guess those Formula One cars, the ones that kind of look like a tube with wheels on it. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, they look like sort of like mosquitoes with big wheels. Yeah, you know, they're they're very aerodynamic, but they're so sensitive, and all the different tires. It was very hot last weekend, so they were talking about. You change the tire from soft to hot. I mean, just all the stuff that kind of goes into this bizarre, over-the-top, expensive sport. So I, I would imagine... spend I, a half a billion a year on it. Wow. I would imagine that these... Uh, aren't the Formula One uh, races turns, uh, the, uh, uh, very tight turns and uh, very weavy? You know, the yeah. we, we, it's not like a round track. Oh, no. Oh, heavens no. There's turns, there's... You know, straightaways, but then there's a lot of twisty turns, and you know, there's a lot of strategy, and then there's a, a, a something on the car that you can push that it accelerates it even further. Um, and the drivers, number one, I was shocked at how young they are. I mean, they're all these guys are in their young twenties. They're living big, yep. being a Formula One race car driver, but they're all in their twenties. They're kids, and they're tiny. You know, these cockpits of these cars are very, very small. They almost look like they're like jockeys. They're very small. Is, is it dangerous, Boo? In other words, do, do these guys live to be 30? Oh, yeah. I think so now they do because they've, they have so many safety harnesses and fire suits and, you know, roll bars. There are a lot of things that they've implemented years ago. They were, you know, let's wing it. And now they're much more safety conscious. So uh, now I don't think too many of them get killed anymore. Huh, interesting. I really don't. Well, you sound like a new fan. You know, would you? who would have believed it? No, I wouldn't have believed I that. Believe I know you pretty well, Boo, and, I, and you do a lot of interesting things, but I never thought you'd say, boy, I'm really into Formula One racing. I know. <laughs> it's just crazy. And I think a lot of people have become fascinated with it simply because of this Netflix TV series, which is really kind of compelling. I'm not even familiar with the series, but what is it? It's called Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive on Netflix, and and you're recommending it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds... Lauren and I started watching it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so interesting. You know, maybe a lot of people would think, you know, it's boring, but... I think it's kind of cool. Well, you know, and well, it's now it's in Miami. It's in our state. Yeah. So there's formula. Is it going to be an annual event? Oh, you bet. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, and wh- it's all around the Dolphin uh, football stadium. The track has been built all around uh, the football stadium. So that's kind of the centerpiece. But, you know, they had yachts. 
the, oh God, I mean, what they did was really cool. And just the visuals on how they, you know, they have all these drones. Then they have these cameras in the cockpit so you can see what the driver is doing before and aft. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it really gives you a bird's eye view of all of it. Then you watch the Kentucky Derby. Did you see that? Uh, what an amazing race, huh? That was so much fun to oh. watch. Really amazing. 80 to 1 uh, uh, odds. Just amazing that that horse won. By the way, I, I want to just do why we're mentioning uh, Netflix and so forth, a little uh, pitch for 2,000 Mules. We watched it this weekend. It was a premiere, and it's a Denise D'Souza's new documentary. It is fantastic, and I recommend it. If you go to 2000mules.com, I believe is the website, 2000, or just Google it, uh, you'll find uh, find the presentation. It's about an hour and a half. It is unbelievable. 2,000 Mules by Denise D'Souza. What's it about? It's about the uh, 2020 elections, and these mules were transporting ballots, well, <laughs> probably fake ballots, to the tune of about 380,000 of them in these swing states, and they've got proof, and they've got pictures, and they've got everything. It's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, well, and and get this, Newsmax and Fox News refused to allow uh, 2,000 mules to be promoted or even spoken about on air. My heavens. Yeah. So what's the... So co- Fox didn't want it on. I would think Fox would want it on. Yeah, they don't want it on. They just... <laughs> it's just... To, to me, that just encourages the public. I think they want to see it then. Boo, I always appreciate your commentary. You've got me interested here in Formula One racing. I'm certainly not going to be going to Target, though, anytime soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for well, joining I'll us. I'll tell you, see, I am so fascinated by this that I'm going to Target and see what they're selling. Well, and if there are some, if there are some special kind of, of uh, what do you call them, uh, packing underwear, I'll buy you a pair. Oh, that's okay, Boo. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good week, Boo. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Les Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. 
Optimus goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.optimaed.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government, something I certainly support. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Tell us about Less Government, Seton. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and I guess DeSantis does. <laughs> he does indeed. There's some out here. Uh, some waving that flag of uh, small government, we'd like to see less of it. So, Seton, you wrote a really interesting piece. I wasn't even aware of this development, but the Euro- European Union tried net neutrality and found out it's yes. pretty stupid. Yes. it's um, Europe, like California, is always about a 10-year, dec- a decade or so ahead of us in their dumbness and their leftist dumbness. And so we don't have to try any of this stuff. We just have to wait and see what happens when they try it. And of course, we never do. And you hear, you know, that's the leftist battle cry forever. Let's be more like Europe, right? You know, uh, healthcare and you know, whatever, whatever policy prescription. They're always lefter than we are. So the left says, "Hey, let's be more like them." Well, they imposed net neutrality Europe, Europe wide in 2015, and <laughs> now in 2022. The, some of their tech experts, some of the people that do tech for the European Union are like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Net neutrality outlaws big tech companies contributing to the building of infrastructure. Yeah. Which is why big tech wants it, because it's a gigantic crony gift to big government. I mean, to, to big tech, because they don't have to pay for the infrastructure that's made them trillionaires. So it outlaws it. So. Now they're saying, well, gee, we could have a lot more infrastructure investment if we didn't outlaw net neutrality. I mean, uh, big tech paying in, which, of course, they should because they're beneficiaries of it. And, of course, what happens with net neutrality is when they outlaw big tech paying, the only other people, the Internet providers that build the infrastructure and spend hundreds of billions of dollars doing it is us the end user. So we pay more to subsidize big tech and augment their profits. Right. They freeload. And, and of course, six companies represent 55% of the entire global internet bandwidth use. Jeez. Amazon, I, I want to try to name off the top of my head, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, um, Apple, and there's someone else. These are giant bandwidth hogs. They represent over half the world's Internet use, and they don't pay for the infrastructure. Unbelievable, Seton. So, uh, so 
the, the anal- and then the fun part is the analogy they, that the defenders of big tech use is, well, that's like saying the the uh, the appliance company needs to pay for the electricity for to, for for its end user to use its appliance, and that's a dumb analogy. What what the what their analogy actually says is, if there were electricity neutrality. Not only would you, as the, as the user of the washing machine, pay for the electricity to use the washing machine in your house, you'd also pay for the electricity for the manufacturer to make it. Right. So, Sid, what's going to happen? That's what, that's what net neutrality does. So where do we stand with net neutrality here in the United States? Well, uh, unfortunately, we're not learning the lesson. Um, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, has twice unilaterally imposed it under Obama. Remember, Congress has never passed a law with the phrase net neutrality in it. Hmm. So there's no governing law authorizing any agency to impose it. The way our government's supposed to work is Congress passes a law, the president signs it, and it directs the executive branch agencies within the confines of the law to do X and Y and Z. They've never done that with net neutrality. Well, they imposed it twice under Obama, uh, a bunch of internet providers were suing when Trump came in, and Trump just tore up the whole thing and said, "We're not doing this." Great. So now, the FCC is made up of five commissioners, one of whom serves as chairman. Uh, uh, three are the president's party, two of the opposing party. Well, they've been stuck at two-two throughout Biden's term, and his his nominee is a very insane woman named Gigi Sone. I know her; she's a very nice lady. Politically, she's insane, and she wants to do the whole boat, uh, you know, reclassify uh, Internet under 1934 telephone laws. Yeah. Uh, just the whole thing is in addition to net neutrality. So she's jammed up. She can't, they're having trouble confirming her in the Senate. And so she'd be the fifth vote, the third vote, to break the 2-2 tie to, to, to do it. Now, that being said, as we know, California is so huge – they alone can write national law because their economy is so big. And they impose a net neutrality law. Now, this is very stupid from a national perspective because it's clearly a worldwide web. There should be one federal policy. States shouldn't be involved in this. And this stupid court ruled that California's law can stand. Because, uh. so, of course, it makes no sense. That we have to have a national policy that makes sense so we can go and interact with the rest of the world's networks. Well, you can't do that if you've got 45 net neutrality policies at different levels and 47 privacy level, you know, laws at different levels. You need to have one coherent national policy. Well, California's done this now, so then the question becomes, okay, what does that do to federal policy with or without Gigi Sohn and Biden's third vote? Well, that's a complicated issue, quite frankly. Well, my hope is that uh, wisdom will prevent the Trump era of uh, no net neutrality. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit uh, lessgovernment.org is the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She is my wife. She also uh, used to write Greetings from Paradise, but uh, stays pretty well connected on uh, social media, and she knows what's going on. We'll look forward to her commentary, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more. 
of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I'm proudly serving on their board. They do great things, including create policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. We talked about it earlier in the show. I hope you'll visit the website, thefga.com. Org. Also, again, bettertogether.us.org is another website to visit as well. We have with us Linda Harden, again, my wife. Good morning. Good morning, Linda. Thank you so much for being available to us. So uh, I understand the president is going to be on telling us how he's going to cut inflation this morning. What a clown show. Yeah. What a clown show. This guy, uh, by the way, I don't know if you've mentioned it earlier in your show, but uh, today is the highest... The gas prices is highest in the history of mankind. Are you kidding? Nope. It's the highest. And this joker is going to get up and and, um, try and stumble through a speech that says, oh, we're going to make you pay more, so so, um, we'll cut costs. So and and to so I, I think the speech that he's giving this morning, I think it's at eleven thirty. That's correct. Okay, so he wants to tell us how he's going to cut inflation. Is that what the, the theme is? Yes. And uh, he's going to tell us how he's going to do that by having us spend forty billion dollars. <laughs> that's in Ukraine. That's, in, that's in for, Ukraine. That's for Ukraine. Um, and and you know what's really interesting about all of this that's going on in Capitol Hill and in Washington D.C. Um, uh, Jen Psaki, the outgoing press secretary, guess what she's doing now? I don't know if you've talked about this. But she's going to go on to CNBC, isn't she, or someplace? MS, I don't care. One of those. Um, I don't yeah, care. MSNBC, and, and yeah. Who who has who has almost as 
few listeners of CNN does, but uh, it, that doesn't matter. Uh, Jen Psaki is saying now, keep in mind, uh, although he's illegitimate, Biden's in the White House, a Democrat. They've got the House and the Senate, and she's planning, blaming uh, Republicans because they won't come up with a plan to beat inflation. Well, uh, you know, I think we're going to be, I, I, I was mentioning this earlier in the show, we're going to be we're 100 percent of GDP with our debt right now at 30 trillion dollars. The only way that I can see to get rid of uh, to lower the percentage of uh, debt to GDP is inflation for an extended period of time. It is just such a clown show. It's such a clown show. And you know what I saw yesterday? I think I showed you that, or I told you about that little uh, cartoon that they had on social media yesterday, where where U.S. taxpayers are on one side with a with a, a dump truck full of money and it's going into this big container which is Ukraine. Yeah. And then guess what's happening on the other side? It's going right into the pockets of the politicians on Capitol yeah, Hill. Well, yeah, well, I do have a question about who's auditing all this money that uh, we're voting they for. They don't know where it's going. I have I'm sure I know they're sending weapons, but they're also sending money. And you know, the uh, Ukraine has been known as one of the most corrupt uh, uh, governments in the nation in the world. So, I mean, how do we know where this money is going? It, that's another clown show. Can you believe that here this country is is being decimated supposedly by Russia? And of course, I don't. I I believe that um, Zelensky is shooting his own people, but that's just me. Mm. Uh, and they have uh, Joe Biden waltzing over there. Um, Biden can't. They've got the rock group Bono coming in and doing a little concert with one of the soldiers. It's like they think we're all stupid. Well, here's the thing. We don't have $40 billion to send to Ukraine, even if it's a good idea. We have so much debt. And how about uh, if we're trying to take care of the border in Ukraine, what about our border? What about the fact that, that and, and this is serious, and, and it, I was infuriated this morning. It woke me right up because... The, the people on Fox and Friends are chuckling about it. Oh, um, how awful it is. They're chuckling. They're actually laughing that these mothers in the United States cannot get formula for their babies. And it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Oh, you know, what is he going to come up with next? I, you know, when I say clown show, it's, I don't know when, when or who can throw a net over all these people and just drag them into some... Um, place and just wash them down because they are ruining our country yeah well and, we gotta you know I, I we uh, we gotta vote them out of office that's the that's the how the how this uh, this all works but it's both the, the democrats and the republicans yeah it's I both understand. of them well we gotta get rid of uh, rhinos as well as the democrats and the progressives you know quite frankly i think this trump has uh, he's 55 and over on his endorsements for candidates running for office I would like to see that continue, and if, in fact, the American people continue to choose uh, mega uh, candidates, uh, we're going to be in good shape going forward. I, I, the way this country is is going fast forward downward spiral. I don't know how we can wait till the election. Well, I mean, the election is is six months away. Look at what's happening day to day. And I was reading um, on social media this morning about we talked about two thousand mules uh, that movie the other day, which the which the media and Fox won't touch. And I was watching somebody took a screenshot of Tucker Carlson's 
uh, comment comment page on I don't know if it was Getter or Twitter or whatever, but they said do your job, mention two thousand mules because you know he had that that one uh, gal f- who helped make two thousand mules on his yeah. show, but the lawyers said. He can't mention See, the movie. That is just so puzzling to me. You know, if you're a news outlet, uh, whether you support her, you I have know. to. You, ha- you should should give news about the, the this documentary and the fact the documentary uh, demonstrates two thousand, approximately two thousand people who uh, stuffed ballot boxes over the course in in uh, swing states to the tune of about three hundred and eighty thousand ballots. It's just uh, that's news. Don't that's, don't forget, Fox News is implicated. Don't forget that Lachlan Murdoch's wife, Murdoch owns Fox News. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that the, after, um, after Brett Baer called uh, Arizona early that night when all the voting stopped at 1030, and afterwards when Biden was declared the winner, Lachlan Mur- Murdoch's wife said, we did it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, in her defense, and I'm not defending her, but... Everybody, you, know, you take a chief justice of the United States, everybody has a, a voting preference. Uh, she can be happy about uh, whoever she thinks won. What I object to and what I'm concerned about is, number one, uh, the, the quality of the news. We should, uh, we should have news outlets that are willing to tell us what's really going on, the facts and what's going on. And second of all, should be able to take those preferences and set them aside in the professional in the in the honor of taking care of uh, uh, being the fourth estate and, and and giving us true news and don't don't forget that um lachlan murdoch's um that w- who was involved in i mean brett bear called arizona early yeah. and that show that election night coverage by fox news they they fired two people as collateral damage um because of that because of that coverage yeah and and so they know they're guilty, and and um, I don't know. The the whole system is so corrupt. It's so corrupt. Well, I've just got a I've got a good feeling about people are starting to pay attention. We're seeing right now in school boards. We're seeing the elections now. Uh, another uh, whole school board thrown out and, and conservatives put into place. I think that people are beginning to see uh, light at the end of the tunnel. They're starting to make good decisions about uh, the future of the country, and they, they're getting involved, so that's good. It's good, but um, isn't it funny how the mainstream media won't cover it? Now, I'm just watching Maria Bartiromo over your shoulder, and they're talking about this Kathy Barnett that's that's pulling um, neck and neck with Dr. Oz and, and this McCormick guy in the... Um, in, in the Pennsylvania runoff for, or the primary for Senate. This gal is a rock star. Huh. And yet, and isn't it interesting that Trump endorsed Dr. Oz? Dr. Oz. That's a mystery that I can't figure out yet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Linda, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. It's oh so my goodness, interesting. We're done already. We're done already. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if uh, you enjoy the show, let people know. That would be a big support to our sponsors as well as uh, the information we're providing. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.